This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Sweet Caroline, ba-ba-ba, woo, Darren Till with an amazing walkout in Liverpool, an amazing victory overall. How do you not root for the guy? I mean, how don't you? I mean, I know I'm a I'm a bigger fan than most, but very close fight, very technical fight. We'll jump right in. MMA Takes Podcast. Welcome. Episode 22, live in action. So uh, as you many of you know, if you're listening to this, I dubbed it Darren Till Fight Week last week, and he delivered. He, uh, I guess, upset it. Uh, I know the line was close. I got him as an underdog. He was ranked eighth in the world, one um Wonderboard Thompson's ranked number one was, and uh, it was a really technical fight. A lot of people thought the fight was a little boring. I thought it'd be a little different myself. Um, Till, I think everyone expected Till to come out aggressive and push the pace, and uh, he laid back a lot. He stood his ground. I think that uh, that little blitz that uh, Wonderboy does, uh, usually fighters retreat, fighters you know stand. You know they they do different things, and and the one thing Darren Till was able to do was he was able to stand his ground. And uh, and just not get pushed away and, and kind of like they kind of cl- clashed in a little bit. Um, a lot to say on the fight. It's a big win, controversial decision. I don't think it was controversial. Um, I had it three two till. I even I even could have seen it four one till. I thought the only round Wonder Boy won was the first one. Um, a lot of people like Joe Rogan, Brendan Schaub, and uh, Eddie Bravo on the fight companion. They all had till winning. I think they all were kind of saying it because he's in his hometown, and 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 that's fair. I mean, there was, I mean, there could have been some case of home cooking, but I don't think so. I think, I think it was a very close fight, like most uh, Wonder Boy fights are. Until just uh, was the bigger man in there. Obviously, he missed weight. I thought he looked graded in, not slowed down. That was my biggest concern. Is I placed my bet before the weigh-ins, and. After I saw Till come in as heavy as he was, I'm thinking this guy's never been five rounds. Wonder Boy has. Um, I was a little nervous about it, but no, he looked great. He looked uh, he looked big. He looked sharp. He looked powerful. He dropped Wonder Boy, which I mean could have won him the fight. But I thought he was uh, he. I mean he didn't take a step back the entire fight. I mean Wonder Boy's a tricky guy to fight. He's he's tough. He's awkward. He's got those good lateral movements, and uh, he's kind of a hard puzzle to phys- figure out for sure. Um, the only people to really figure him out was really Tyron Woodley and um, I guess Matt Brown. I mean, the old Matt Brown, but Matt Brown kind of was just like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take as many hits as I can and, and just rough this guy up, old country style. But a uh, huge win for Darren Till. I'm on the Darren Till bandwagon. If you were planning on the joining, it is full. You are no longer full. This is the second time Darren Till has won me money. Um, I lost out on my parlay, uh, unfortunately. But... I won on the Darren Till fight. I had a prop bet as well with Darren Till. I thought Darren Till was going to finish in third. That didn't happen. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? But uh, very exciting. We're going to cover the Liverpool. We're going to recap it here. If I sound a little, um, if I sound a little uh, not energetic, I guess it's because I'm recording this late. Got a big day tomorrow. We are my family and I are going on vacation, hitting the beach, beach. Tomorrow night, I got a big drive ahead of me. So, unfortunately, I am completely white right now. And uh, what are you going to do? I'm I'm recording this podcast for you, baby. I know you guys are probably used to me talking a mile a minute. 
and I'm a little, I'm slowing my pace a little bit. I'm learning. I'm learning as I go, so I don't talk a mile a minute. But Darren Till looks fantastic. Well, uh, I love this post-fight speech as well. It got blurred out because, uh, <clears throat> not blurred out, it got beeped out because us American prudes can't, can't, can't hear curse words, apparently. But uh, I've seen, I like what he's saying. You know, he said, listen, I miss weight. I don't deserve a title shot. And he's calling out the guy no one wants to fight. He's calling out Kamar Usman. He's saying the right things that that's hard to root against this guy. I mean, he even said in the uh, the, the media post-fight, not with uh, not in the cage, but um, with Megan O'Leary, he said that he thinks that someone's going to pull out RDA and Col- Colby and he's going to be ready. Now, will he get that call? Probably not, but he'll be ready. So, and he's, I mean, he's, t- I mean, Colby Covington and RDA could stand into their shoulders, and I don't think they're as big as Dan Till. I mean, both those guys need to be at 55. RDA was a 55er. Colby's never fought a 55er. If, I, if I'm thinking correctly, I'm not in MMA at least, he maybe has wrestled there. But um, Darren Till all the way. Darren Till looked good. Man, well, I'm all over the map. I can't just stop thinking. I want to be very elegant and talk about how great Darren Till did, but my brain is just like, Brian, stop. So two little tidbits that we can get into here too. Nick Diaz was arrested. Uh, I mean, the other day for in Vegas for assault, he was strangling a female that apparently was his girlfriend, his fuck pal, whatever you want to call him. Um, so he was uh, <clears throat> he got arrested for that, and also he was very combative with the cops, very combative at the jail. Uh, reports are that he was on drugs. I mean, this girl's saying he's crazy. He's got his people saying she's crazy, that she stalks him and everything like that. Listen, I mean, it's obviously a toxic relationship to people. <clears throat> that obviously have. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I, I, I stopped myself because I was going to sound like Doctor Phil there for a second. Obviously, it's a very toxic relationship. Drugs were involved. I mean, everyone knows Nick Diaz likes to smoke some uh, weed. I used to follow him on Instagram, and it, I mean, he was in a club every night. I mean, I'm sure Molly, cocaine from what I hear in the drug or hear in the songs. That's what goes around in the clubs. So I'm sure Nick Diaz has dabbled, and he's fought in like eight years, it feels like. And and for his buddy to come out and release a statement on his behalf, um, I don't know if it was his management team or just a good friend, but basically saying Nick's a great guy, and this is all this girl's fault, and she's crazy, and she stalks him, and, and she doesn't know no. I mean, that's a bullshit cop-out. I mean, that's that's what guys do, right? They break up with a girl, and they go, oh, what happened? Oh, she's crazy. That's just a cop-out. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying this girl is completely sane. I'm not saying what she did was right, but... No matter what this girl did, there's she, Nick Diaz lives in California. What is this girl doing in Vegas with him? He obviously brought her with him. She obviously knows where he's staying in Vegas. He ran in a house or whatever he was doing. So she knows that much. And Nick obviously likes fucking this girl. And drugs are obviously involved. Nick doesn't seem like the most well-mannered person in the world, and I don't know who this person is, this female, but no matter what she does, unless she's putting a knife to your neck or a gun to your head, there's no excuse ever for a guy to put his hands on a woman, let alone strangle her, hit her, beat her when you're in the level. I mean, any average man, I don't care if you're a professional fighter or not, Nick Diaz happened to be a professional fighter, I think makes things a little worse, at least it's going to it's gonna make it a little worse because, I mean, he could really, I mean, he could kill her if he wanted to. And uh, him strangling her the way he did and her, I haven't seen any pictures or anything like that. I just have no tolerance for that whatsoever. I mean, I sit here and back on Greg Hardy all day long. <clears throat> Still super pissed that the UFC's given that shot. Then you got Nick Diaz, you know, choking a woman and, 
and uh, being very combative towards operators. I mean, nothing's ever this guy's fault, right? I mean, he's never lost a fight. He's never, this isn't his fault. You know, everyone's on steroids. That's the kind of mentality that this guy has, and I think that's leading him down the wrong path. I mean, I'm not surprised by it, to be honest with you. I'm really surprised this isn't the first time. A couple months ago, they released a, uh, someone released a video of Rampage him and Rampage's girlfriend outside of a club, and they all were just drunk out of their minds. And Nick kept hitting on Rampage's girlfriend, like, right in front of Rampage. Just could care less, and he was belligerent drunk. Now he's gotten some DUIs or, or at least one. And it, it, it's just poor. It's just poor judgment on his part. Um, I, I don't think he can forgive that. I mean, even even if it comes out and they're like, "This girl was stalking you. And this girl's doing that." Then call the police. I mean, don't put your hands on a female. And that's just unbelievable, um, unacceptable, and disgusting that he did that. And uh, I hope he never fights in the UFC again. Hope he never. Does. I mean, he he's gonna come in and get a big payday. He thinks he deserves it. He's gonna want one now because he'll probably get sued and and uh, and everything like that. But yeah, I don't think he should be. And then on a little bit of lighter note, Michael Bisping retired. One of the all I did a top English fighters my last podcast top five, and he was number one clearly. And uh, it, it's long overdue. I mean, his eyes been mangled since I think the very first or the only Vitor fight I believe. I know he tore his retina on the one. And then he actually said on his podcast that he's he's having trouble with his other one, his good eye now too, and that ultimately made the decision. But you've done everything in the sport, Michael. I mean, you've been around fifteen years plus. You won the Ultimate Fighter, um, you won the title, first uh, English-born fighter to win the title, and then you defended it against. You know, you got back a really bad loss. I know a lot of people said that you might have lost that fight or whatever, but. Um, it, it was a close fight. It was a close fight in your homeland, and, and, and you got rocked and dropped, and you and you came back and won. I mean, probably one of the – I've never been like a huge Bisbing guy. At least I wasn't. But the heart and the determination has never quit on this guy. He's so admirable. It's unbelievable. He's never been the most skilled guy in the world. I mean, he's a very talented fighter, but he's, he's never blown you off, you know – his attributes have never really blown you off the page of what he's got. You know, he always he always worked hard and he never gave up, right? And he and he just we you knew you were in for a fight against Bisping. Talked a lot of shit, knew how to hype a fight, and uh, good for him. Good for him, right up on the sunset. He's a good analyst. I know he's gonna do the Fox. Currently good in Fox. Hopefully they bring him over to the ESPN when they when they make that transition. I think he'd be good. And I, I can even see him maybe even calling fights. I think Dan Hardy's really talented at doing that. If they need another guy calling fights, um, if if how this shakes out with the ESPN, if they don't need a, that many people on the desk, maybe maybe have a guy like Bisman calling some fights. Um, maybe get some active fighters off the, the calling the fights and have a, a retired fighter there. Brian Stan did great. I think Bisman would do great too. Good personality and uh, good guy. I, uh, I I haven't been there since day one, but I remember watching the Ultimate Fighter live. He obviously had a career before that and uh, rooting against you. So uh, so good for you, Michael Bisming, sticking it to me. So that's it. That's the only news right here. We'll jump right into the UFC Liverpool recap. Obviously, I just sucked Darren, uh, Darren Till's dick for a good 10 minutes. So we'll go some of the other little highlights here. Uh, Makwan Amerikani versus Jason Knight. Very, very good first round. Amerikani kind of took over with the wrestling. Jason Knight had an active guard, dropped Amerikani twice. Nasty. They were talking to each other. It was bloody. It was good. Amerikani gave a really weird uh, post-fight speech. He, The guy hasn't fought in like almost two years, and he was talking about, you know, 
Jimmy Manawan Chetnia or something like that. It was really awkward, and and, and I I, th- I thought he missed a uh, good opportunity to call some fighters out there. If I'm being honest with you, I think he maybe did did he call Cub Swanson? Was that what it was? A little lackluster uh, call out there. Good fight, fight of the night in my opinion. I I, I said that on the last podcast. I thought these guys would be fight of the night, and it was three in a row for Jason Knight. Now he's dropped three in a row. Uh, Americani's bouncing back after the uh, Arnold Allen loss a couple uh, about a year and a half ago. Good fight. Mirakani showed his wrestling. Speaking of Aaron Allen, he was losing the entire fight against Maz Brunel. Maz Brunel was taking him down at will. Aaron Allen just had no answer for it and then just did a nasty front choke guillotine submission in round three and ended up stealing it. Um, not the most impressive performance, Aaron Allen, considering he is the next guy, I guess, English fighters. I mean, he's got a win over Mirakani. I think you got to give him maybe top 10 next. You know, the only impressive thing about that fight was Arnold Allen's mustache. I mean, the guy looks 15, but that mustache somehow makes him look 40 and gross. Neil Magny, of course, won first round TK over Craig White. Neil Magny did Neil Magny stuff. Just even talking about Neil Magny is making me tired, <clears throat> more tired than I already am. Uh, Claudio Silva had a big upset over Nordin Talib. I believe he was a plus 300 underdog. I missed that one, Brian. Jeez. Uh, got the Darren Stewart pick. He picked. Uh, he beat Eric Spicely, KO first round. Darren Stewart finally getting a win in the UFC. Eric Spicely, talented, talented guy, but uh, just uh, couldn't get the fight to the ground. And the other card, um, uh, I mean, nobody really stood out besides Tom Breeze. He he destroyed Dan Kelly with a with a punch in the eye. Some people thought it was a thumb. I thought it was a clean punch. Tom Breeze is back. He used to fight at 170, and he looked massive at 185. He's taken some years, taking a couple years off actually. Um, was it two years? I think. And now he's back. Hopefully, he keeps a little more active. Hopefully, he's a little healthy. 185 is a good division for him. His boxing looked great. He looked in tremendous shape, and uh, yeah. And so that was it. Liverpool was great. Liverpool was a it was a decent card. There were some there's some duds in there. And the, the main event probably didn't live up to a lot of people's hype, but I thought it was. Uh, I kind of thought that was I, – I actually predicted Darren Till to piece up uh, Stephen Thompson a lot more than he did. And he didn't. He came out and he fought really smart. That's just another layer of Darren Till we haven't seen. He, he can fight with some calmness and with some reserve instead of just going berserk. Big left hands keeps coming forward and stuff like that. I love that he stood his ground. I love that he uh, didn't get tired and his post-fight speech, speech was great. I mean, we need more people on that. He missed weight. He said, listen, I miss weight. Stevens beat more people than me. I, I'll fight all of them, anybody. He deserves the next title shot. I, I, there's not many guys out there that will do that. Does Wonderboy deserve the next title shot? Absolutely not. I mean, Wonderboy, he, I mean, the winner of RDA and Colby should fight Tyron. Tyron wants to fight August 4th in L.A. Who is he going to fight? Excuse me. That's a live... Uh, I'm not editing that out. <clears throat> I could go back and edit that yawn out. I won't do it. I won't fucking do it. But um, one of, who's one of going to fight? He's not going to fight anybody. I mean, he's he needs to sit for a little bit. What do you do with him? You don't know. He's not really a gatekeeper because I think he's a talented guy. I think he can beat these guys. I mean, he just beat George Rizal, or I'm sorry, George Masvidal, who is a tremendous fighter. I think Darren Till and Kamar Usman, they both kind of fought in the same month. I think that makes sense. 
I think one of those guys could step up. If RDA or, or Covington gets hurt, I think that's a good a good idea. Till said that he's willing to step in. Darren Till just needs to make weight. I mean, if he wants to pr- propel his career the way he does, he needs to make weight or he needs to move up. It needs to be a Kelvin Gassum situation where, like, you know, if you keep missing his weight on big fights and then one of these times these guys aren't going to accept the fight. I mean, I know Till came out and said he would have gave 100% of his purse to Wonderboy just to keep the fight on. That's great, but you need you still need to make weight. I mean, that's just that's the big one. That's the big uh, big ticket item. Other than that, I thought he looked great. I thought he showed again another layer to his game. I think he is. I mean, I keep saying it. He's gonna be the next superstar if he's not already. Uh, people need to get on the Darren Till train because it is filling up quick, boys. It is filling up quick. So we pivot. I love saying the word pivot on the podcast, apparently. I've been noticing that myself. So we pivot to UFC Fight Night Utica, the one that they denied me on. I'll never forget it. That's that's the way I think about it. Really good card here. There's a ton of interesting fights, and there are a lot of up-and-comers um, that I'm really interested in. And then the three that I'll name all the time, I have Jose Torres, who I think he's the curtain jerker. He's currently the favorite of Jared Brooks. Jose Torres, a lot of hype behind him. I've seen only quick highlights. I know he holds several belts, titles outside of the UFC. He's the Bacon's UFC debut as a favorite, so you know something about him if he's coming as a favorite. Nathaniel Wood versus Johnny Uedo, or Uado. Nathaniel Wood, an English fighter, Good striker, good power in his hands, never say die attitude. I've seen this guy almost get finished and come back and, and finish the the guy that was uh, pounding on him. Um, and then the next one that I'm really excited about, this is an interesting fight, Gregor Gillespie. He's fought in the UFC a handful of times. Tremendous wrestler, good striker, looked tremendous in his, his last fight out. He's fighting a guy, Vince Pichel. Vince without an E, by the way. V-I-N-C. That's it. Just take a minute and realize how big of an asshole this guy is. I know he didn't name himself, but throw an E on there for me, please. As much as I hate the E not being in his name, Vince Pichel is actually a really tough out for anybody. He's tough as nails. He's not an easy finish. I don't think he's a world-class guy. I mean, the line proves that, that I'm staring at right now. But um, Gregory Gillespie is has a big hype machine around him. Uh, that could be upset City. Uh, Gregor is a New York guy. I don't know. I'm looking at that, and and the more and more I look at that, I mean, the more the, the, the fight could only go two ways, right? Gregor's gonna roll through Vince, or Vince is gonna pull up an upset. I know that's the most generic thing in the world. It's not gonna be a close fight. It's one way or the other, right? Vince is gonna catch Gregor, or Gregor's gonna just destroy Vince. You just you just can't have it either way. But we'll kick out the main card. I'm gonna give you some picks. I actually will be in vacation. I'll be on the beach. I'll be poolside. Um, and then I don't know if I'm going to catch this fight live. I'm definitely not going to bet this fight since I don't like betting fights that I'm not going to be able to watch live. I will be recording it. I want to try to find a way to watch it. I mean, I'm not going to an island with no TVs, but maybe, you know, I don't think I'll be uh, catching this live. I'll definitely be following along on Twitter. But um, tremendous card. I mean, the main event, Jimmy Rivera versus Marlon Marais, number four versus number five. I like Jimmy Rivera. I liked him when he tried out for the Ultimate Fighter see, um the, the bantamweight one, tried it for the ultimate fighter. I believe he was at 145 then. And uh, he lost to Dennis Bermudez. He didn't even make it in the house. He lost Bermudez, but he looked tremendous. The UFC thought so too. They signed him. Hasn't lost in the UFC. If I'm, he's 21 and 1. 
I could be wrong. He might have dropped one in the UFC. I do not think he has. Uh, let's see. Am I wrong? Yeah. He's undefeated in the UFC. But he doesn't fight very often. He's not the most active guy in the world. He's fighting uh, Marlon Marais. Both guys, East Coast guys. Marlon trains out of New Jersey. Jim Rivera, I think, might be a Long Island guy. Jersey guy. One of those fucking guys. Um, both these guys wanted to fight each other several times. Marlon tried to get Jimmy to take a fight on short notice. Jimmy said yes and no, whatever. A little back and forth on Twitter. I've seen Jimmy fight live. I was in the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland arena when he fought uh, Ryan Faber. Very quick, very fast. Doesn't take too many chances. Has some power. His last fight, he looked a little vulnerable at times. But I think he's a really talented guy. Um, <clears throat> I, he, he needs to work on some, some more things. I think Marlon might be the better version of Jimmy right now. Marlon, obviously World Series fighting, uh, fighting champion, came in. Lost a close fight to... Uh, John Dodson, maybe? Who did he lose to? My brain's not working. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, he beat John Dodson by split decision. Knocked out Aljamain Sterling. His debut fight was against Rafael Sansao. He lost a, uh, a split decision on that as well. So he won split decision, lost split decision. I actually think it was reversed. I thought he beat um, a Sansao, and he lost to Dodson. So either way, he's... 2-1 UFC, former champion. Um, the, guy's, the guy has a lot of – he's not going to get tired. He's got great leg kicks. He's got great stand-up. He's got great power. I think Jimmy is faster. I think Jimmy might be the better wrestler. And I think Marlon is the better finisher, more power. It's a five-round fight, so anything can happen. Jimmy um, has shown vulnerability in his chin. I know against on the ultimate fighter he got rocked against Munez. I know he's been rocked in the UFC. His last fight, I believe, he got wobbled a little bit. This could be a close fight. This could be a high-energy fight. I see this being probably the fight of the night. Um, it's going to start slow, more than likely, but I see Marlon actually winning. The line is absolutely dead even. Uh, slight edge in, uh, or, um, excuse me, slight edge in Marais. They're both negative. Both in the minuses, so basically one of you're getting one of five to one fifteen. Not a lot of action on that line. Both people, I mean Vegas, I think places this fight exactly right. If I'm a bet man, I maybe stay away from it because I think anything can happen with decisions. I do think Marlon's gonna catch him. I think Marlon's gonna hurt him. I don't think there's gonna be a finish. I think Jimmy will see this one out. He'll see a decision loss with Marlon. Uh, Marlon winning. Next up, we got Gregor Gillespie versus ben Vince from Hell Pachel. Hate that he doesn't have an E on his name, and I hate from hell. I actually like Gregor's name a lot. Gregor's got a great look, undefeated, stud wrestler, stud striker, comes from a good camp, uh, Belmar kickboxing. Not the most active guy in the world. Um, he took some time off, but he has recently. He's a little more active. When was his last fight? His last fight wasn't too long ago. Very impressive win, his last fight. Yeah, okay, so he fought in January. Yeah, so... And then September, and then April, and so I mean he's maybe a little more active than I thought. Maybe, maybe I uh, he fought Jordan Ronaldo, who's a tremendous, uh, maybe not tremendous, but he's a good submission guy. Um, Gregor looked fantastic in that fight, and uh, he's looked fantastic in all his fights. Vince Pachel, God, I just I hate everything about this guy, but for whatever reason. With the line being as big as it is, I mean, I'm a Gregor guy. I think Gregor is 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 going to be the next guy to the be in the top ten. He's going to be fighting a lot of these higher up guys, even if he loses. I think he's better than Pachel in every way. But plus three eighty on your money, the lines moved a little bit. It was plus three ninety four. <sighs> I mean, I I can't bet against Gregor because I I do I I do think he very highly of him. However, I just I mean when you 
I would, I would, I would advise if a buddy asked me, Hey, give me a live under where I can win a lot of money. I'd give him a pretty basic parlay, depending how much money he was playing with. And then I would tell him, Hey, we might got a live one on, uh, on Vince Pichot, but Hey, spell his name without an E though. That fucking guy. Next up, you got Walt, Walt Harris versus Daniel Spitz. Uh, a heavyweight fight that it is what it is. Spitz is kind of a. Uh, I don't really know what to read of Spitz. He's a big guy, six and one. Um, I think he's going to be the big under in this fight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's 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 a two fifty uh, under. I think anything happened. I don't think very highly of Walt Harris. I know he does well against guys like this, not no name guys, and then he lays an egg against anybody who has a name. Go Walt Harris. I guess I'll pick Walt Harris, but it's really a who cares fight. I don't think there's really too much value in that fight um, because I just don't know what either of these guys can do. I mean, Walt Harris has laid some eggs in the octagon. Daniel Spitz, I don't really know him. I know he lost to Mike Mark Godbeard, which wasn't. I mean, that's not that. That's not a great L to have on your record, if I'm being honest with you. So. Go Walt Harris. Next up, we got Jake Ellenberger versus Ben Saunders. Really don't like Jake Ellenberger fighting anymore. That that Mike Perry knockout really shook me a little bit. Ben Saunders the same way, though. Ben Saunders gets hit a lot. Both these guys seem like nice guys. I think this will be a pretty talented, um, excuse me, pretty exciting fight, actually. I think they'll go after it. Um, the line is probably pretty close. Yep, Ben Saunders is the under at plus 160. I, I, I like Jake Ellenberg in this fight. I picked the favorite at 185. Both these guys, I think, are past their prime. Hopefully they can get fight at night and get some money in their pockets. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would go Jake Ellenberg. I think the power, I think uh, Ben Saunders is coming off of a pretty big war his last fight. And it's a pretty quick turnaround, and uh, his chin's just not what it was. We got Julio Ars versus Daniel Tamar. Both Tamar brothers fighting tonight. Julio Ars is one of these guys that a lot of people are talking about, um, just being like um, the next guy. I I don't I don't I don't rate him that high on my list of of guys. I should make a list, my guys list. Um, this fight can go either way. They're both up and coming guys. I guess Julio Ars is going to be the favorites. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a two hundred a minus two hundred favorite. Tamar being a plus one seventy. You know, I don't know much about him, but I guess go Ars because I think he has just more skills, and I think he just he's gonna be able to win a decision on that one. John Vellante versus Sam Alvey. I love this fight actually for Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey, kind of a friend of the podcast, really good friends with Chris Curtis, who is a friend of the podcast. Sam looked tremendous in his last fight. Beat that Polish guy that no one thought he was gonna beat. He's got really good knockout power. Um, I think he has an overall better game than John Vellante. John Vellante is very slow coming forward, throws big punches, has a good chin, has a good punch, could easily knock out Sam Alvey. I just think Sam's quicker, and I think a left hook is going to rock Vellante and put him down. Vellante could do the same thing to Sam. Sam's very patient. Sam's a good counterfighter. So I'm going to pick Sam. Unless John comes out and completely changes his game and goes for takedowns, I like Sam Alvey in this fight. And I think he's alive under. Uh, no, Sam Alvey's the favorite. Wow. Sam Alvey, one plus, uh, minus 135. Ah, one, okay. Yeah. I hope that, that line's going to move a little bit. But uh, I like Sam Alvey still, even, even as a favorite, friend of the podcast. So that's the main card. That's a solid main card right there. Um, just a couple little things on the undercard that I want to talk about. Jared Brooks versus Jose Torres. Jose Torres undefeated, making his UFC debut, is the favorite against Jared Brooks. Jared Brooks is kind of my guy. I won some money on him. Um, really good wrestler. Lost his last fight, which I thought he clearly won. 
Oh, man. Uh, this is tough because Jared Brooks is going to push a pace and he's, and he's going to, and he's the underdog on this, right? Yeah, he's the underdog. Jose Torres has a lot of hype around him, but I just think Jared Brooks is going to push the push Jose against the fence. I think, I think he's going to smother him. I think Jose's going to hurt him. I think Jose's striking is going to look really good. I just think Brooks is going to pull out a, a decision win because he's a grinder. He's old school mentality. He's going to grind you in the face. Jared Brooks live under. And then Nathaniel Wood versus Johnny Arredo. Johnny Arredo coming off two losses. Very chinny of late. Nathaniel Wood is a big favorite at minus 290. Another guy making his uh, debut. Heavy hands. Um, quick guy. Looks a really good prospect coming out of England. I like Nathaniel Wood all day. I don't have too many upsets on this card, if I'm being honest with you. I like the way they are. Uh, Sasha Eubanks or Sachar Eubanks is fighting Lauren Murphy. Both veterans, both coming out to the Ultimate Fighter. Nick Lunch versus David Tamar. That's a good fight. I actually like David Tamar as the under on that one. I believe he's the under. Yeah, he is. Nope, Nick Lentz is the under. Or Nick Lentz is the under on that one. Hmm. Maybe I like Nick Lentz in that fight. I got my lines all mixed up. Anyway, this card looks really good for a Utica card. I know Bilal Muhammad has uh, has tweeted out that uh, he'd rather take that long flight to Australia than sit in Utica because there's nothing to do. Poor you, Bilal Muhammad. I mean, you're from, I don't know, where are you, Chicago? That's a pretty good city, I guess. I guess it's a pretty good city. All right, so that's my picks. Sorry if I'm rambling on a little bit. Sleep uh, deprivation will do that to you. My hot take, we'll get to my hot take. We'll end with the one minute top five. Hot take of the week is Bisbing just announced, Michael Bisbing just announced his retirement, and he's going to fight again. I think not only is he going to fight again, he's going to fight two more times. Nick Diaz, when if if the UFC lets Nick Diaz back, I think the I think the proper thing to do is um, to give him Mike Bisbing. I think that'd be an interesting fight. I think that's probably the only fight I want to see if Mike Bisbing can see. And then I think he'll come back for like one other one too. Like I mean, he's got a beef with Rockhold, but Cheetah might be a good one. I know that was. I know he flirted with having at least one more, and then the whole eye thing happened where his good eye was starting to have some trouble after the Gassum fight. So um, if his, if he gets his eye sorted out, I think he's I think he's getting two two more, and uh, I think he might win both. I, I think I think Mike Bisbee can come back and win two more. So that's a hot take, and let's go top five. I still need some top five music. I don't know. I feel like I just need like a little just the the jazz it up a little bit. Just me thinking out loud. So after the uh, Darren Till Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight, a lot of people are. are Screaming kangaroo court, saying it's a bad decision. I uh, I obviously disagree with that. I had Till winning. A lot of people had Till winning. I saw a lot of people in my timeline saying, if you had Darren Till winning, you don't know anything about MMA. And that's just like a blanket statement that only fucking idiots say or actually believe. So I'm going to give you my top five controversial decisions in MMA according to me. And I know there's going to be a lot of debate on this. There's been a lot of controversial decisions, but this is the ones that stuck out in my head. I did very little research. This is all from memory. This is all from a, a gut instinct of when was the time where I watched the fight and went, huh? Number five, um, Brandon Vera versus Randy Couture. I thought Brandon Farrer won almost every round in that fight. I really did. He slowed down towards the end. The body kicks, the head kicks, just the leg kicks. Randy is, is a tough guy to look good against because he's – very grimy and in your face with the dirty boxing, what have you. But I thought Brandon Farah did a fantastic job. It was a very close fight, 
but I thought Brandon Vera won 29-28 pretty convincingly. I thought uh, I thought he won every round but one, and then they gave Randy Couture that that fight, which is astonishing. Um, I don't know what the judges were looking on that one. That one uh, that was the first one that popped in my head. Actually, second one, the number one one popped in my head first. Obviously, number four, Cruz was still a show. I actually have no problem with this um, with this decision. I did think Dominic Cruz won. But a lot of people seem to have it. It was kind of like the Till Wonderboy thing, where it was so evenly matched that just a little bit separated them. You know, obviously TJ Dillashaw went around for years saying he won. Um, his coaches think he won. You know, on the Ultimate Fighter, Dan Wayne Lugwood saying they didn't lose that fight. I I thought it was a good fight, but I'm putting it in here because other people, friends of mine, thought Dillashaw won. I thought Cruz won. I thought it was very close, three-two either way. By no means a robbery, but I mean pretty controversial because it was it was it was pretty significant in the uh, career for both men. So put that on there. Number three is going to be uh, Shogun versus Machida. One, a lot of people. I watched this fight live. I remember watching it. And I didn't have a dog in the, in the race or however you say that uh, expression because I'm not. A, I wasn't a huge Shogun or Machida fan, and Machida was. The puzzle, no one figured out. Shogun figured him out. I thought Shogun did win that fight for sure. They gave, obviously, the Machida. Shogun came back and got his uh, revenge with the brutal knockout when they fought again. However, that was one that that popped up a lot. Um, I remember seeing that. That was a very big social media debate back in the day. And, again, I was training at the time, and a lot of people love Machida. A lot of people love Shogun, and there was a big debate about it. Um, I don't think... Anybody can definitively say Machida won that. I don't think anybody can definitively say Shogun won it. I had Shogun winning four to one. Um, I could even argue three to two. I, I would accept, but there's no way he lost. Uh, he lost us. And, and I don't have the scoring. I should have probably put the scoring down. I think that would probably make this um, even better if, if, if no one could see how someone ever scored at fifty forty five. If that was what it was. Number two, this one was, I know this one's going to be a lot of people's number ones, Diego Sanchez versus Ross Pearson. Absolute travesty. Diego, Diego Sanchez was chasing the take down the, take down the entire fight, was getting boxed up by Ross Pearson. I think Diego had maybe like one good minute of each round and then somehow won a decision. I think this is one of the, I mean, this could arguably be number one. I just remember watching that and just going, how the fuck? Never been a Diego guy, never been a Ross guy, but very upset with the decision. Just the incompetency of judging. I would love to become a judge myself. It's actually really hard to do. You got to spend like a lot of goddamn money on it. And there's, I mean, you got to fly to California too. So, I mean, California or goddamn Texas, wherever Herb does his. But, um, yeah, this this one stands out to me a lot. I mean, it, it could have been number one, but it wasn't that significant. Both, It wasn't like a number one contender shot or it wasn't for a title or anything like that. So it, it's got to fall at number two. And number one, no surprise here, it's a tie. And uh, another no surprise, it's both BJ Penn fights. BJ Penn versus GSP won at USC 58 was probably the maddest I've ever been. BJ Penn was the first fighter um, I really connected to and really thought like, I felt like him and I would are very similar in, a, in the way we think and in the way we would react in the cage. And even if I, if I got in a street fight, not saying I have, but if I, if I did, I, I might've acted a little crazy like BJ Penn does. And I, he just, obviously BJ's adored by many people. But it's just something with him that I, I felt a real connection to. And when he came back for uh, UFC 58, 
was like, oh, I'll fight GSP, cool, and uh, about killed GSP the first round, busted his face up horribly. I thought he won four minutes of the second round, and then he slowed down, and GSP won the rest of it. And then the third round, obviously, GSP won. By no means was it a 10-8. I thought BJ won 29-28 across the board. He did not. They gave it to GSP, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. And then the other one, that was that was 1A, 1B, another BJ Penn fight. BJ Penn versus Frank Yeager won. I thought BJ Penn won that across the board as well. Someone scored that fight. This is the score I do have. Someone scored that fight 50-45 Frank Yeager, which is astounding. Frank Yeager destroyed BJ in the rematch, and I think this is this fight maybe led BJ down a pretty rough, rough road, rough patch in his career. Um, I thought he was very competitive with Frankie, and I like Frankie. I became a Frankie Yeager fan. For all the reasons of Michael Bisping fan, they had very similar traits. However, Frankie did not win that fight that day. That was in uh, Abu Dhabi. It was a midday card. I was watching it. I was very excited. Uh, obviously, being a BJ Penn, had my buddy who was another BJ Penn guy with us. I try to look at things objectively. I know sometimes I won't, and that's that's okay. But I really objectively, I've seen that fight 10, 15 times, and uh, and I don't understand how you give Frankie Edgar more than two rounds. I had it 4-1 BJ is what I scored it. I don't know how you give Frank Yeager more than two rounds. I just do not know how you do it. Maybe you give him one round and then you give him another round. Maybe there was a round that was pretty even. I thought BJ, anytime Frankie came in a box, I thought PJ landed the harder shots. Frankie wasn't landing many takedowns, if any. Got BJ Penn a couple of times. BJ popped right back up. That's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother time. So that's my top five. Do better. If you, if you think you can do better, do better. So that's it. That's the podcast. Man, that was a tough podcast to do. I have a newfound respect for people who do three or four a week at midnight and they need to crank out the content. You know, they're obviously getting paid for it. I'm not getting paid for this, but uh, hopefully one day I will. Hopefully the hard work won't go unnoticed. But uh, that's it. I am going to be the back next week sometime, probably later in the week. We'll go over the pay-per-view uh, UFC 225, I'll have all my picks for that. That will be, I, I feel like that's going to be a good gambling one. I'm um, interested in seeing the lines for that one. But uh, enjoy your week, folks. See ya. Ah, nuts. The podcast is over. But that's all right, because you can hit the subscribe button and get a notification every time I post a new podcast. And while you're over there, you can rate and review us as well. If you need more content, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MMA Takes. And don't forget to go to MMATakes.com for all your MMA needs.